Hey y'all, I'm C.G. Townsend, your host of the Being Balanced Podcast, a space full of ways to help you stop the glorification of busyness. We're talking aha moments, must-have resources, real-life wins, and small shifts that lead to incredible impact. Welcome back, friends, to the Being Balanced podcast. I'm C.G. Townsend, your host. I'm pretty stoked to have Cindy Robinson on the show today. Y'all, we go way, way back. Um, became Instagram friends, and then Cindy started a podcast, and we had all these different synergies that, and paths that continued across along the way. So I cannot wait for you guys to hear all that she has to say, and I'll toss the mic right on over to you to get us started. All right. Yeah. So I'll tell people who I am. Thank you for the lovely introduction. I'm excited too. Um, like you said, our paths just kind of keep crossing. Um, yeah. My name is Cindy Robinson and I'm an intuitive healing coach for parents, teens, and young adults. Um, and if you don't know what that is, it's because it is a made up name that I've made up because <laughs> it is a little bit of a niche that I have invented for myself. Um, but basically I help walk people um, by using um, physiology and brain science combined with guided meditation combined with walk and talk. And it's just sort of, um, a gap that I was seeing between the scientific world and the therapeutic world that they weren't really meeting together. So I created this role for myself to kind of help bridge that gap for people. And so it is an avenue for healing, um, for people who maybe already tried more traditional methods or just know that they're not as traditional. So they want to try something a little unconventional. How would I even know that non-traditional is not working and I now need to shift into a space that you're in? Yeah. Um, so basically people who are usually a good fit for my practice are people who have tried what we think of as traditional methods for healing. So that was like, you think of therapy, medication, things like that. Um, and you found that it didn't feel like you belonged in that conversation. Um, for various reasons. And I'm a big fan of therapy. I send half the people who call me away from me to therapists. So I love therapy, but I know that for some people it just didn't work quite right or it got them so far, but they're still kind of white knuckling their healing process. Mm. So those are usually the best fit. Um, or people who just maybe need a lighter form of healing. And so they don't, they don't want the depth and the length of therapy. They really just want to kind of come in get some tools, understand their bodies and brains a little bit better, and then move on. So those are kind of the two main people. And, and I mostly focus on parents of teens and teens, because I just find that those tend to be the people who feel like they have fallen through the cracks a little bit. Um, and so I, I tend to just be a good fit for those populations. And have you noticed like over time, because obviously parenting it can be different. Um, and maybe I shouldn't say, obviously it's more so that it can be different than it was in the past because we're just up against new things, new trends, screens, you know, an increase in a lot of different things like social media. Have you noticed that there's been any type of shift, um, in the way that parents are parenting teens with the impact of being in a global pandemic? Oh God. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's everything. It, honestly, there was this little storm. Well, not a little storm. There was a storm brewing before the pandemic. And I think the pandemic came in and magnified that storm. And so um, you see that through all ages of parenthood, all the stages are seeing the impact of that. 
Um, but as far as specifically how it impacted teens was the isolation um, led to a huge increase in depression, uh, plus turning more inward towards screens and towards the digital world. While I'm not a hater of phones, um, only living in the digital world and only connecting digitally has it's a whole realm of issues and, and wormholes that kids can fall down. And parents were trying to navigate that while maintaining some sense of normality, while doing jobs, while doing all sorts of other things. So yeah, it threw everybody through the ringer. And I'll say that it, the, the impact of that is still continuing to be felt more and more. So it's not like now that we're getting back to normal, everybody's okay. It's kind of like now that we're back to normal, we can fall apart. And that's what I'm seeing. Mm. You know, what I'm hearing from you when you say things like navigating some sense of normalcy while also like this increased screen time and things like that, because we did have to shift and kids were, you know, experiencing school and things like that in new ways and they're learning and, and, and just a lot of change, right? I'm hearing busy mind for both parents and teens um, <laughs> and even folks that may not have teens, you know, preteens, et cetera, just the, the busyness of decision-making. Tell us a little bit more about the work that you're doing that helps folks kind of get more balanced and not have such a busy mind. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's my whole thing is a lot of the parenting tools, parenting was stressful before anyway, then you throw in a global pandemic, it only got more stressful. And we only got told more messages of what's on our plate and what we're responsible for, which none of that is sustainable. So I try to be a voice of uh, hope or relief for parents. So how I manage that is um, I'm not going to add more things to a parent's plate of, oh, in addition to this, you need to practice this calm down bedtime method with your child, you know, or in addition to everything else you're doing, you need to speak in a calm, easy tone. No, uh, we have to take a lot off parents' plates and a lot is on their plate that didn't need to be. Um, like the expectation that they're solely responsible for who their child becomes, mm-hmm. um, you know, like the understanding that everything their child goes through is a direct result of how well they're doing as a parent. And all those things are false. So I like to take a lot of big things off parents' plates and then go, okay, here's the things, here's where you should direct your energy. Like don't waste energy projecting. That's a big waste of parents' energy is they experience something in the moment with their child. And they project in both directions. They project into the past of maybe this wasn't safe for me. The child, the the behavior my child is exhibiting is not a behavior I could have done. So this doesn't feel safe. Mm. Or they're projecting into the future of, oh my God, if my child's like this at eight, nine, 10, what are they going to be like at, you know, 20 or 30? And those things aren't necessary. We really need to stay in the moment as parents. So I try to take a lot off parents' plates with that. And then say, here's where to actually put your energy, which is really just in the moment and establishing a relationship with your child. You know, in your opinion, where do you think that pressure comes from? Like, why are we so concerned about what our child will be like in in the future? You know, like, why is it so hard to disconnect from future expectations and the present moment? Well, a few little things are happening at the same time to create a perfect storm for that. Um, societally, um, there's a lot of money to be made, quite honestly, from parents having that understanding that all that falls on them. It, it 
pressures them to invest in things like tutoring programs and after school activities and the best of the best for their child and educational um, systems to pay for more expensive colleges. So there's a lot of money to be made in parents being spread thin, but also they're capitalizing on something that really is more generational. And a lot of parents who are from like the Gen X or early millennials generation, we maybe felt that we had a lot of autonomy as a kid, as in go free. I don't care where you are, do whatever you want. I don't care, but we didn't have a lot of unconditional love. Um, so we're not a lot of, we love you exactly how you are. We love you exactly the, the way that you were born into this world. And so we mistakenly interpreted that as let's do the opposite of what was done to us. And mm -hmm. so we unconditionally love these kids. We shower them with praise and attention and, and words of love, but we took away their autonomy and we started kind of calculating their every moment and structuring their every day and every hour to capitalize on them being the best human they can be. But it turns out that what humans, all of us needed was unconditional love and autonomy. That is such a great point. I mean, I am taking copious notes. I am a fan of the content that you contribute to Instagram and, you know, your corner of the internet. And you often times talk about our experiences with nature and walking and talking. Tell us a little bit more about the benefits there. Yeah. I mean, well, they're exponential. And, and since I use a lot of brain science and physiology in every way that I structure my practice, I can't come across an article that tells us there's anything bad about nature. <laughs> like I it's it's profound the amount of benefits in nature. But so many people in so many populations have just um for one reason or another think that nature's not for them. Um, or they may have a preconceived notion of that means you have to climb some mountain and sleep with bugs and you know, like nature is a very specific thing, but it's not. Um, it's just that connectedness outside with the natural world. Um, the nature is the one place that doesn't need anything from us or expect anything out of us that we can show up to. So, yeah, I mean, as far as I could go over and over about scientific articles that support it, but nature is essential um, to a person's mental health. And yeah, we've really all gone inside and we've done that in an attempt to provide a better life for our child or what we thought was a safer life for our child. But in, as it turns out, that's all leading all of us to burnout. And uh, if we could just find a way to connect with nature that feels, what I like to say is um, pushes you out of your comfort zone, but you know you can do it. So if you're considering adding a little more nature into your life, then go outside of your comfort zone, but that you know you'll do it. And mm -hmm. then you'll start to feel that sort of connectedness and, and catch on to what I'm talking about and get all those benefits. Yeah. And when you're thinking about as the parent, you know, hey, I'm going, I'm going to make this jump, you know, like I'm going to go outside more, going to take my kids, my family outside more. What about the resistance that you get from the kids, you know, and they're <laughs> like, no, I want to play video games or I want to watch a movie or, you know, how do you then bring them along for the ride? Yeah. And I mean, here's, I want to say one thing before I throw that out to parents, because again, I'm a big fan of not just adding more of, okay, now on top of your chaotic burnout life, now drag your kids outside and make time to go outside. So first I want to say, I would encourage families start to think about prioritizing rest in their home and prioritizing free time, um, because you're not going to find this time to be heading out into the woods and not be burnt out if you're not prioritizing this. So 
making achievement. We live in an achievement culture. I'm a big fan of debunking that. Um, so first of all, give yourself permission to not have achievement be the you know center of your household, but more so rest be honored and free time be honored. And when your body is tired, you rest it and you show that as an example for your children and you allow them to have time for rest. So first prioritize rest and just lay down for a minute. And then when it comes to incorporating those things into your life, because now you're prioritizing rest and free time. So maybe now you have time to head outside. Just throw the kids out there. I mean, it's not a big science that you don't have to give them a good time. Like that's the thing about parenting is we're told we have to make everything fun, educational, meaningful, memorable, and it's just not possible. So it's okay if they have a bad time, just make them go outside, you know, just have a set amount of time that they have to be out there. And I promise you, because this is what I do. If you throw them out there, they gripe for a little bit and then they figure out what to do. Mm -hmm. So leave that to them because they're actually the experts in play and they're the experts in nature. So go have them hand, you know, delegate to them what they're better at probably than you are. Just set aside the time, make it happen and they'll figure it out. That's so good, you know, because I think we all get hung up on, oh, I just don't feel like hearing the whining and things like that, but it, it passes, you know, it's not for forever. Um, you send them out there, they figure it out. You brought up the word rest, which is a popular <laughs> word <laughs> on this show, if you can imagine. And oftentimes other guests will share that they didn't know how to rest. Like they had to have a pivotal moment where they figured it out. So I'm hearing you say, prioritize it, you know, not just for the parents, but the kids, make it a family affair. But what if you don't know how to rest? Like what, how do you even get to a point where you figured it out and then you can prioritize it? Well, yeah, well, I think first you need to surround yourself with information that validates that you have permission to do that and that you are entitled to rest whenever you want. So self-worth is a big reason that stops people from resting because they don't feel worth it and they think worth has to be earned. So I could just magically say it and I hope everybody just believes and I say it, but every human is innately entitled to worth just for existing, like just by continuing to breathe, you're worthy and you're worthy of following your body. You're worthy of creating a life that feels comfortable for you, whatever that looks like. Um, so if I, if me saying it isn't enough, I say, surround yourself with resources that validate what I'm saying. Um, a couple would be the nap ministry is a wonderful organization that talks. Are you familiar? It talks a lot about rest and they make it super clear (laughs) that you're entitled to rest. Um, but also laziness does not exist, um, by Devin price is a really good book for overachievers because I bought it thinking it would help me understand how to support my quote unquote lazy clients, my lazy teens. And when I got the book, I realized it was written for me, (laughs) the overachiever who was pushing myself too hard. So um, laziness does not exist. That book is a wonderful one to look into because it does kind of go through play by play all the things that stand in the way of you allowing yourself to rest and just picks it apart. So hopefully just by surrounding yourself with resources and people who are affirming that message will help you learn how to slowly let go and just stop thinking that you have to earn your worth. Yeah, that's very good. Um, Very good advice when folks start to think about not knowing how to rest, like baby steps here 
You know, how do I do that first before I even make it something that I have to prioritize? You shared earlier that you filled this gap um, with like brain science and therapy and kind of the convergence of all those things. Let's go back to brain science um, because that might be an area that most folks aren't as familiar with. Um, so once you understand how your brain works, how do you apply that information? Like, what do you do with it? Well, I find that oftentimes just understanding how much of our lives are a neurological process is really liberating. I think one of the biggest things that people, humans in general, struggle with is the ability to separate themselves from their thoughts, right? So you have your brain, which is having all sorts of thoughts, but then you have your mind, your body, your soul, you know, like things that are beyond the brain. And so we often lose track of that mind or body. They get disconnected. We get told a lot of messages as a child that we should not listen to what our body tells us. We should not listen to what our mind tells us. Listen to me instead. So we learn to kind of shut that part off after a while. And we only are walking around with these brains and the brains are throwing out thoughts. They were designed for survival. Your brain doesn't care if you're happy. <laughs> it just wants to survive, you know? And so we're walking around with these brains whose main goal is to survive. And we're expecting to have a happy life, but we're just surviving because that's what it's designed to do. So I think. Um, Having the science to come back and, back and affirm that for people is really helpful. So I like picking apart areas of the brain, what's lighting up and what that neurological process looks like. Because then once someone sees this is a neurological process, this is not me. It helps externalize that a little bit so that then the next time they're feeling in that anxious mood, then they know this is my anxiety. This is not me. And just that little bit of space that you can get between you and your thoughts can be extremely liberating for people. Yeah. You know, you are so super knowledgeable, like what a treat it is to have you on the show today because uh -huh. there's just so much information and sometimes we feel like we're at a loss because we just don't know what's credible, what's not, where to go, who to talk to, what to do. Um, I would love for you to share, you know, how can folks stay engaged with you? How can they continue to get this great goodness of information? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that is, so that is my mission. How this all even got started in the first place was I realized a lot of resources were kept for the people who could have, who were the more wealthy, who could afford you know, therapeutic programs and things like that, um, or people who had time to sit around and read research articles, yeah. you know, so I'm trying to make those, that information accessible. So the best way I try to throw out as many free resources as possible, mostly that's going to be through my Instagram. I mean, that's at Cindy Robinson, LLC. Um, and then I do write articles on medium, but I typically share those on Instagram as well. Um, and then obviously you can work with me individually. Like I do see clients individually to just kind of help break down what their brains are doing, um, and how to see themselves a little bit differently. Gosh, so many ways, um, to stay connected. And I will actually share all of that information in the show notes. So folks, if you're on the move and you weren't able to capture that, you could definitely go in the show notes and find that information. So Tell us more about what's next for you. What's on the horizon? Um, anything that we should keep an eye out for? 
Um, who knows, first of all, because <laughs> I'm very spontaneous with what I'm doing. Um, I am trying to continue creating groups um, that meet and do walk and talk. So I have an LGBTQ teen group that meets in Cherokee County, just because that's an underserved area for the LGBTQ community. Um, so we meet and we hike in nature and we do all sorts of stuff, um, putting together an anxiety group for teens. That's not going to be called an anxiety group because the minute you call it an anxiety group, nobody wants to go. Yeah. Um, but it, that, that is going to be the focus, but we're just going to, I'm going to navigate how to call that. Um, I do a free parent meeting at Cherry Street um, twice a month. Um, Cherry Street's a brewery. So we sit and have a beer and talk about parenting. Nice. Um, but that's, that's pretty much everything on the horizon. Cause I'm trying to prioritize rest myself. So I'm working on actually <laughs> tailoring my schedule down so that I have more time to chill at home. That's, that's a really great practice, by the way. Um, <laughs> I feel like for so long, you know, folks were like, okay, we're, we're in this global pandemic and things are happening. And so we're going to slow down. Um, and now that things are open and outside is open and people are like, okay, I'm going back to all the things and the frantic lifestyle that I actually didn't enjoy. I just don't know how to transition from one to the other. So it's refreshing to hear that you're still prioritizing your own time for rest while providing all of these great resources. And of course, everything you mentioned is actually in Georgia, um, which is where you're located. Are there any opportunities on the horizon for virtual? Well, I do. I mean, I see clients virtually, so I do okay. have clients in other states. Um, since I'm a coach and there's no like therapy, therapy licensure, then I don't have to worry about, you know, state lines. So I see clients virtually who live far away. That is wonderful. So, so many options, one-on-one, um, -on -one, group, uh, virtual, and in-person. Um, you do a lot of work with teenagers. So if you were to think back to your 16-year-old self, what advice would you give yourself? Oh my God, so much. But <laughs> <laughs> I think if I had to boil it down, um, it would just be, you're not a bad person. I was fully convinced for way too long that I was just a disaster of a human. Mm -hmm. So I would just be like, you are not a bad person. And everything that you do and everything that you are right now, there's a reason for it. And it's for your survival. And so just do what you got to do to survive right now. And just know that this is not who you are, that you're growing and you're learning and you're experiencing and mistakes and failures are part of you learning to be the, the human that you are. So just don't worry so much. You are not bad. What a great way to tie a bow <laughs> on this incredibly informative <laughs> conversation where I feel like you just flowed with so many great gems. My hope and prayer is that our listeners were able to capture all that they needed, but also visit your website, visit your Instagram page, get to know you even more, um, similar to the way that I have, and really just pick up so many nuggets along the way that can be applied um, to the parenting journey, to our own personal, you know, journeys as adults, and then also to those that we love and we care for every day. So I'm so grateful that you were able to be on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. It was fun.
Absolutely. So friends, like I said, show notes are your friend. You will find all of the details um, that Cindy shared today in the show notes. Share this episode with a friend. Know that if you're not a parent, there are still so many great things that you can learn from the work that she's doing. I know for me personally, as the seasons are changing and spring is here, I am going to prioritize being outside way more. Um, than I have in the past and really just embracing things like walk and talk with my family even um, and just getting getting us all out there and getting us all into some fresh air. So I hope that you'll join me and do the same. It's another way that I'm going to continue to find my balance.